This is the Ingalls Information Aisle with Leah McGrath, helping you eat healthy, feel great, and understand your nutrition. Now, here's your host, Ingalls Dietitian Leah McGrath. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to the Ingalls Information Aisle. This is Leah McGrath, your Ingalls Dietitian, and today on the Ingalls Information Aisle, we're going to take a trip to the seafood and fish department at your Ingalls store because we're going to be talking with Linda Cornish from the Seafood Nutrition Partnership. She's going to be talking to us a little bit more about um, the recommendations for how much seafood and fish you should be eating. What's the difference between seafood and fish? What are some maybe cooking tips or recipe ideas? And what's meant by sustainable seafood? So welcome to the show, Linda. How are you? Good, Leah. Thank you so much for having me on your show today. You are more than welcome. So what is Seafood Nutrition Partnership? Seafood Nutrition Partnership is a nonprofit that's based in Virginia, and our focus is to help Americans get healthier by adding a couple of meals of seafood to their diets each week. And so we were formed to... um, highlight the dietary guidelines for Americans to eat seafood at least twice a week for heart health, brain health, prenatal health, and eye health. But only 10% of Americans follow this guideline, and we understand that there are a number of obstacles keeping people away from eating more fish and shellfish. And so we are here to provide tips, resources, and nutrition guidelines on how to help the general public add more fish to their diets. So if folks want to find your website, I'm looking at it right now. It's see, very easy. It's very straightforward. Seafoodnutrition.org. And I know you all are also on Twitter, correct? Correct. And how yeah, about the, the, some other fo- social media? Yeah, the um, Twitter handle is Seafood for Health, the okay. number four. Okay. The seafood number for health. And uh, Facebook is just seafood nutrition. Okay. And Instagram, we're, we're, our full name is there, Seafood Nutrition Partnership is our handle. Okay. And we're also on Pinterest, which is a great resource for recipes and ideas. And that's also the seafood number four and health is our handle there. And I'm looking at the website again, as I said, it's seafoodnutrition.org. And if as you scroll down on the homepage, you can see some of the, the live feed and um, some of the, you've got everything from videos on there and some of the photographs. And we'll be kind of doing a virtual tour through your website a little later in the show. But, you know, here's something, Linda, and this might be sort of an, you know, I don't know, kind of a silly question, but is there a difference between seafood and fish when people talk about that? I mean, is there, is that something that we need to clarify? We we should, we should, you know, seafood is a larger category that encompasses fish, shellfish and mollusks like um, mussels and oysters. Okay. And so, um, but it's interchangeable. So when we say seafood, we we do mean fish, shrimp, lobster, clams, um, oysters, mussels. So seafood is just a larger category that um, ocean food falls under. So, you know, in this area, Linda, we're um, like – 
Ingalls is based up in Western North Carolina. And so the fish that most people in this area are most familiar with is trout. Does trout, mm-hmm. does trout fall under that as well? Yeah, trout counts as well. Yay. Okay. That's going to make people really happy because that's a very familiar fish to a lot of people in this area, along with things like, um, like catfish is also very familiar to people as well. So, um, I want to come back to the dietary guidelines. Can you expand on that a little bit more for people, um, and tell people a little bit more about what the recommendations are and how, mu- how much seafood and fish is what people sh- should they be striving for every week? Sure. Um, in our latest dietary guidelines for Americans, the 2015-2020 version created by the USDA and Health and Human Services recommend that Americans shift their diets to include lean proteins such as seafood um, at least eight ounces per week or two servings. Okay. And for moms-to-be, that's eight to 12 ounces of fish or shellfish per week. And... Um, the reason is that uh, there's been thousands of credible studies uh, since the 1970s on the health benefits of eating seafood and the vitamins, nu- nutrients, um, omega-3 fatty acids that come from seafood that support our heart, brain, eye health that are so critical to our development. And uh, so the guidelines would like Americans to just try and add fish or shellfish twice a week for overall health. So we're, we're going to talk about this a little bit more in the upcoming segments, but you mentioned that there are maybe some roadblocks to people who not consuming fish. Can you run through what you see as a seafood nutrition partnership, some of the sort of robot blocks or speed bumps that, that might prevent people um, from uh, including that amount of seafood and fish per week? Sure. Um, you know, I, I think they're very simple speed bumps, if you will. Um, they are really a lack of confidence in knowing how to buy seafood, mm-hmm. how to actually cook it. That We feel that that's one of the biggest obstacles and, and people are, always asking for more recipes Mm -hmm. that they can try at home. And then finally, um, you know, seafood comes in so many different varieties. And so uh, the the taste preferences of how to, you know, make sure you get to eat what you like, um, actually how to eat some of the seafood, such as lobster or shrimp. Uh, If you've never cracked open a lobster before, that's a new skill to learn. And so really those are the three main obstacles, um, which is, you know, buying, cooking, and how to you know, technically eat it, eat some of the more um, interesting, you know, shellfish out there. Okay. So, and we're going to be talking in this next segment about um, some tips and some recipe ideas. And if you go to seafoodnutrition.org, you can see they have a tab right on their website with recipes. And they've got some great recipes and some videos that you can watch. And you'll see those from time to time. We'll put them up on our Ingles Markets Facebook page. Stay tuned to the Ingles Information Aisle.
Welcome back to the Ingles Information. This is Leah, your Ingles Dietitian, and I'm talking with Linda Cornish of the Seafood Nutrition Partnership. And we've been talking about the fact that it's important for for all of us to be uh, including more um, seafood and fish into our meals. And the recommendation is to have for adults uh, at least eight ounces per week. So maybe that means instead of one meal where you're eating pork or chicken or, um, or red meat that you have a seafood dish or fish dish and that can be trout or catfish or shrimp or clams. And, um, Linda, one of the questions that I get from a lot of people is they're concerned about, you know, you said that the three roadblocks to people sometimes, the first one is, you know, what to buy, how to buy, where to buy, that kind of thing. And one of the things I hear from consumers is they have concerns about where seafood is coming from. And they've heard regular, they've heard negative information about farmed fish or farmed seafood. Can you speak a little bit to that situation or those those concerns about farm fish and sustainability? Yeah, de- definitely, Leah. You know, the um, seafood comes, um, it's probably the last wild food that we um, capture. And so when we talk about seafood, fish, and shellfish, um, they are sourced half from wild capture and half now from farm fish or also known as aquaculture. Mm -hmm. And so when we speak about the wild capture, uh, we are talking about um, making sure that we buy sustainable seafood and sustainable seafood, um, you know, sustainability means, uh, has a wide definition for, um, a number of people in fisheries. It means that the fish and shellfish are caught from a fishery stock that is well managed, and we only take um, out just enough so that the remaining stock can produce um, fish and shellfish for future generations. And so, you know, that's very important to make sure that we maintain sustainable seafood and that. Um, we understand you know, where our seafood comes from. And so a couple of ways to um, understand if you're buying sustainable seafood is to, one, um, work with your favorite grocery store and meet the fishmonger behind the fish counter, um, learn more about the sustainable seafood practices at, the, um, at your favorite grocery store. And for your listeners to, uh, to know that the majority of grocery stores in the U.S. Um, have committed to sustainability practices. And so if you're going to a, a major retailer, they are working very hard to provide to you sustainable seafood. Um, and a couple of other uh, ways to know if you're buying sustainable seafood is to know where the seafood is coming from. And so... Um, Seafood will always have um, uh, the name of the country that it's from. And so uh, for, for the U.S., we actually have the best managed fisheries uh, compared to the rest of the world. Our fisheries are managed by NOAA and is mandated by uh, the Magnuson-Stevens Fisheries Act to make sure that we, have, um, we manage our, our fisheries um, so that they are sustainable. 
a couple of different, another way is to look for certifications. And so um, if you're buying from outside the U.S., um, there are certifications and apps to look for, such as the Monterey Stewardship Council. Mm-hmm. They certify fisheries around the world and also Seafood Watch. Uh, it's an app that you can download or you can go on to their website to look at the different seafood that is sustainable. You know, I really, Linda, I really appreciate you mentioning farmed fish and, and using that term aquaculture. You know, up in this area, um, one of our suppliers is a, a great example of farm fish or aquaculture, and that's um, sunburst trout, and they grow their trout in runs in the mountain. And so, um, and they really spend a lot of time trying to educate consumers about what they do to have um, have good practices in terms of the water quality and the type of feed and things that they're used. So, uh, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because I think it's really important that people um, stop having such a negative perception of aquaculture or farm fish. Would there be other things that you would kind of say to address those concerns that people have about aquaculture or farm fish? Definitely. The, um, you know, the farm fish category now makes up over 50% of the seafood that's available for consumers. And the practices used to grow farm fish have come a long way. And there are best practices that are being implemented by our producers. And so um, in order to take pressure off our oceans and seafood from the wild, aquaculture and farm fish is a very important part of our seafood diet. And, um, you know, it it is so important to um, make sure that we support this category um, so that farmers can continue to um, make sure that they are growing the best seafood possible farm seafood possible for you. And so farmers are able to, like you said, control the water quality. They're able to test it to make sure that it's at a very healthy and clean level. And the feed that they feed the farm fish or even shrimp, um, you know, they can control the nutrients that go into um, raising fish. And um, I I just want to just share that, you know, uh, seafood is the last wild protein that we capture. And so all of our other proteins that we eat are farmed. So um, our beef, chicken, sure. pork, they're all farmed. And so um, this is just one extension of agriculture. And it's actually very vital for providing enough protein for our future generations. And also it means jobs. And uh, in the communities that we all live in, aquaculture is uh, beginning to grow quite significantly. And um, they are also very friendly for the environment. And so some, some aquacultures, such as oysters and mussels, they clean the waters yeah. that, in which they're raised. And so um, we definitely need to um, give aquaculture a, a chance. And farm fish, you know, um, just has such a great potential for all of us to make sure that we have fish that is affordable because it's available year round and then um, allows us to make sure that we have seafood that's um, 
responsibly ground well, for the future. Thanks so much for mentioning all that. We're going to come back in the next segment and talk about recipes. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Ingles Information Hour. This is Leah, your Ingles Dietitian. Today's Ingles Information Hour, we're talking about seafood, fish, and shellfish. Um, and we're talking with Linda Cornish, and she's with the Seafood Nutrition Partnership. And I love seafood, shellfish, um, trout, all the different types of things that we have at Ingles Markets. When you go back to your Ingles section, you can see uh, the seafood and fish aisle area. You can see a lot of different offer- offerings. You can see fillets. You can see sometimes whole fish. You can see things like uh, peel shrimp, uh, wild caught North Carolina shrimp. You can see frozen shrimp. You can see, um, we even got, have squid back there. So, uh, there are so many different options back in the seafood and fish department. And, you know, we even have individually frozen fillets that you can come in a bag so you can take one or two out and thaw it and have it for dinner. And Linda, one of the things that I like to say is that seafood is fast food. I mean, mm-hmm. there, you, you know, I, you know, not necessarily cooking a whole fish, but uh, a fillet or shrimp or scallops or, or squid that you can cook those faster than almost any cut of red meat or pork or chicken, right? That's right. I mean, most seafood can cook um, in under 15 minutes. Yeah. And so that is definitely fast food. And, and you know, um, well, a lot of people, as you mentioned earlier, you know, they just don't have a lot of exposure to fish or seafood, or maybe they have their first couple of exposures were not really positive. They got something that was really overcooked or just not appealing to them at all. If we have a listener out there who has had a bad experience, is there something that you would tell them to try first to kind of maybe lead them back into trying to get them to consume more fish? Yeah, I I think um, there's a flavor profile that... uh, that may be helpful for the listener. Um, you know, try starting with a mild white fish mm-hmm. that um, can co- be complemented with any number of sauces or you know salsas, and um, and then work your way up to some of the um, more a bit more intense flavors like. Um, salmon and tuna. Mm-hmm. So that's one way in terms of a flavor profile is to go from mild to um, more, more, more deeper flavors. Okay. Um, but another way is to think about the dish that um, your family may have as a go-to meal. So if you like fish tacos or if you like tacos, try a fish taco. And so you're starting from the same base of the tortilla, salsa, lettuce, cheese, and you're just swapping out for fish. Mm -hmm. And so that's a great way to just um, build a bridge to something that you may not have eaten before. A couple other ways are to try a fish burger. Ah. Um, 
and there's, you know, great options like salmon, pollock. Um, you can make um, shrimp burgers. Those Ooh, are great yum. options. And um, and then other ways are, you know, if you like pasta, seafood or, you know, seafood is such a great way to add uh, into the meal. And so you've got great Carolina shrimp mm-hmm. um, on a salad. You could have a lightly seared catfish on the salad, you know, and so, you know, go you start with a dish that you're familiar with and just try it with fish. And, um, and so that the, the flavors that you're used to are the same and you're just adding a lean protein to it. Mm-hmm. So um, I think those are some of the ways to uh, just make sure to, that it's easy to add. Um, and different types of fish will tell you if it's done. And so most, you know, the rule of thumb for cooking fish, um, you know, if you have a frozen filet, um, you can defrost that pretty quickly uh, in cold water, and then when you cook the fish, um, it's about ten minutes per uh, inch thick of fish, um, and so you have a really quick meal. If you're making shrimp, um, you know the shell. If you're cooking in the shell, it'll tell you, and also out out of the shell, it'll, it'll turn pink, mm-hmm. and so it takes just about four or five minutes for shrimp to be done on medium heat. And uh, if you're cooking clams, the, sh- the shells will open to let you right. know that they're cooked. And so there's a couple indicators, and we do have uh, the ultimate guide on cooking seafood on our website. And so that's definitely a good resource to download when you're getting ready to cook some seafood. Yeah, I want to make sure we drive people back to your website, which is seafoodnutrition.org, and look for the recipes tab. And Linda, you know, it's so funny when you were talking about how to get maybe introduce people to different types of seafoods with starting out with milder tasting ones. The first thing I thought of before you even said it was fish tacos. And you have a recipe on there that's for a gluten-free grilled tilapia tacos. And it it's really a nice presentation. You look like it looks like it has some cherry tomatoes in it. It has a little cheese. You've got lime wedges. Um, the other things that you mentioned were um, having it with a pasta. And I have to tell you mm-hmm. about this dish that I made, and I should send you guys the recipe. I made a, um, I did sautéed North Carolina shrimp with a little bit of bacon in it, and I put it over um, a mix of zoodles, zucchini noodles, oh. and pasta, and I made like a pesto using uh pistachios, um, basil, spinach, and avocado, and made a pesto, and I tossed it with that. Oh, my gosh. Delicious. Oh, my goodness. That it was delicious. So it was you like definitely a, have to send us your recipe. Yeah, <laughs> it was a one-pot meal because with the zoodles, with the zucchini noodles, and then having the pesto sauce have all those vegetables in it, it was a big hit. I did that for my husband and my stepson and his girlfriend this weekend. Um, yep, yeah, folks, you know, if you need ideas for recipes, um, Check out seafoodnutrition.org, their recipe tab. You can also also go to um, our Ingalls table to see what some of our chefs have done with seafood and fish recipes. But um, trying to have those a couple of times, have fish a couple of times a week. It doesn't have to be for dinner. It could be for your lunch meal, um, you know, or, you know, you could even have seafood for breakfast. Like you could have 
canned tuna or salmon for breakfast in a quiche or um, mm-hmm. a pasta dish. So thanks, Linda, so much for joining us on the Ingles Information Isle. I really appreciate your time and all your great information. Oh, thank you so much, Leah. We, I definitely enjoyed it, and I hope uh, your listeners will be able to use some of our resources on our website.